As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey, on today's episode, we're talking about the Mavericks' six-game losing streak, Not Good Times in Dallas, about Luca's comments saying that he's worried about the team's effort and why Rick Carlisle is not the problem. Makes it a two-point game. Here's your mismatch right here. Now it's Luca. Deep three. Oh, Luca Magic. Welcome to 77 Minutes in Heaven, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Tim Cato. I write about the Mavericks. Dave Dufour, he talks about the Mavericks. We're here with a, a six-game losing streak. Which is, um, it's, it's been a while because I remember last season, they went the entire season without losing two in a row. Now we're at six. They've dropped six. Explain it, Dave. Explain it. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're playing like shit right now. It's about <laughs> all I can say. Um, it's yeah. your fault. I'm blaming you. It's not my fault. I tried to prepare everybody for this possibility. I, I said that I, I thought everyone was a little too high on them. Uh, and that was before thinking about how health and safety protocols were going to affect this season. I just, I just vividly remember you saying they will not lose a game this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventy-two and zero. Look, they look yeah. like, they look like garbage, right? Like they're playing like trash. Um, I do think that there were some better things in the Suns game, which we'll get into. But you know, like you don't go on a six-game losing streak unless you're kind of. Playing like a little bit of trash, and they are. They're bad. They can't hit a shot. They can't stop anybody. Um, I mean, this is basically like a, a peewee basketball team right now. It is a damning proliferation of so many bad events and bad luck and bad play all coming together at the same time. And I think that's the only way that you can kind of view the Mavericks being 8-13 and 13 like they are is that every single bad thing that could have happened has more or less all circled together at the same time to start mm-hmm. the season. And and again, that that like I said, that does include bad play. There are a lot of players on this team who are not playing as well as they should be, um, particularly with their shooting. There are a lot of missed shots. That said, I thought the I thought the second Phoenix game uh looked way better. The first mm-hmm. one, they got to Dallas after Phoenix did. They were on the road in Utah. Flew back that night after a game, played the second night of a back-to-back without Maxi Kleba, without Christos Porzingis. I thought they they scrapped and fought and showed effort in that second Suns game, the the second night of a back-to-back. But 
I guess the game where I started thinking, all right, this needs to start turning around. They need to look better was on Monday. And I thought they did. I thought it uh, overall, it was mm-hmm. better defensive performance. I thought the offense at times looked better or at least looked more nuanced, looked more varied. Josh Richardson was actually getting layups in transition and, and hitting a couple threes. Those are things that I have been, you know, I, I think he's done an okay job hitting mid-range shots, but what I need to see from Josh Richardson is, is layups and threes. And he finally showed right. some of that. And, and so just overall, I thought it was a, it was a better performance and it was one very closely contested jump shot away from being, um, a good you know, game. A, a, yeah, let's a be honest. No, let's be honest. Or, or let's be honest. Smith losing, missing one. It, right. That, that he could have hit. If, if Finney Smith had hit one of those late threes that, that he got on open looks, or if, if Luca had made that contested wild three at the buzzer, everybody would say, oh, all right, okay, they're riding the ship because they did look better overall. But if your opinion about a basketball team hinges on one or two made shots, then I'm sorry, I just can't take your opinion seriously. So like, let's let's dig into that game in particular because it's the first time that this team has been at full strength since December of 2019. So yeah, I wasn't even alive then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, gosh, uh, I think I was still in elementary school. But, like, let's just be honest about this. This team has struggled to just get bodies on the court all season. They're not the only team having a weird year. I mean, have you seen the Milwaukee Bucks? I have. I have. They're not not playing great Things are weird. Yeah, like, look. Trying to switch, not doing it well. It's a weird season, generally. And, and, you know, I I think that uh, any sort of extreme reaction one way or the other is just not worth it for a team that we don't even know who they are yet. We we really don't have any idea what this team is going to look like when everyone is healthy and when they have a chance to get some da- some games together. Uh, how many times did they practice in the last month, Tim? Ooh. Have they had a practice? I can think of... One, maybe two off the top of my head. Christoph probably is not week and a half, at all, past right? two weeks. I'm not sure, but but even the practices they are having are very light. At one point, they're yeah. I believe they've played eight in eight games in 14 days, and it will eventually be 11 games in 18 days. Yeah. Which that's that's almost that's wild. That like that is a number that doesn't compute with me in terms of what we're used to in this sport. I mean, they're shooting the ball awfully. But they're getting open looks. It's now it's not the same open looks they were getting last year. But uh, you know, I think once the data catches up, since Porzingis has been, been back, I do believe that they are they're getting more open looks than they were overall in the season. They just aren't making anything. So right. you know, the offense. I, I would say that the fundamentals of the offense are the same. The results are different. They're not hitting shots. I mean, last year they were shooting like 40 percent on wide open threes. This year it's like thirty two percent. So that's a, that's a huge difference on, on by the way, uh, slightly fewer attempts per game that are wide open. They're just right. not making shots on the offensive end. On the defensive end, you know, plain and simple, having Maxi back allows Porzingis to play where he ought to be playing. He looked terrible uh, up until Maxi got back. I, I thought like in that that first Phoenix game, he looked really bad and Aiton took advantage of him. But then you add Maxi Kleba and you can al- already see early on in that game, the defense looked better. So, uh, you know, you're just going to have to give this team time. And I, yeah, I've been I saying that all year, which, you know, I know I'm a broken record at this point and we're 20 games into the season. But the truth is they've had one game at full health, and it's not even that because, you know, what kind of conditions Maxi in? He was only able to play like 18 minutes or something. 
It's just, I don't know. Even Josh Richardson and Dorian Finney-Smith and those guys that just missed time likely don't have their legs under them yet. So, I mean, we probably are looking at another week that we have to ignore to get the bigger picture about this team. I mean, it's just the reality on the ground. It's, you know, I don't even know what we're doing here because a lot of teams are dealing with weird stuff. This whole season is weird. I can, I can barely tell you anything about most of the league. I can tell you about the really bad teams. But the really good teams, when they have struggles, I have to chalk it up to, hell, I don't know why they're doing that. You could see some of the same problems in in the Phoenix game, certainly. Even even yeah. even as good oh, yeah. as even though they looked better, you know, mm-hmm. I, I am I will say Kristaps still doesn't look hundred percent right. Not even health wise, just his production. Some sometimes health, sometimes he doesn't look like he's moving as well as I've seen him in a Dallas. Well, they jer- can't drop jersey. with him. They can't drop yeah. with him. They, they're better off, and their defense, I thought, looked better when they had him being aggressive, trapping the ball, using his length, using – you know, I mean, honestly, like, he's yeah. he's got pretty well, they good can't lateral drop. They can't switch. And they it, can't switch. They can switch, yeah. So it's <laughs> yeah. it's tough because he is a he's a defensive centerpiece because he does provide a lot of value, but it, it's it's very – it has to be very focused value or his, his – what he does good defensively has to be very channeled in the right way, mm-hmm. in the right scheme for it to be effective because he does not look like he has that lateral perimeter mobility. Yeah. But let's be honest, though. The the issues with this team and the reason that they're losing games, the the defense they've been able to withstand. Like last year, they were able to to counteract the, the poor defense. This year, they're not. It, it's all about the offense. It's all about them converting on these open looks, I think. And that's going to open up the floor for everybody. I mean, Luka is not getting to the basket as much. And it's because guys aren't making shots and, and teams just aren't really guarding guys. Yeah. And and as we've talked about, I, I do think that it's it's not that Seth Curry alone was irreplaceable, but oh, right. having one more elite shooter for teams to to hone in on to make sure a floor is spaced on both sides that just kind of stretches a defense. Uh, I think that matters to a degree. I think that they are missing one more high-level shooter that other teams fear. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this. I've written about this. It's it's. I don't have more to say on it, but and I didn't see it as a mistake over the off season. I thought, along with a lot of people, that Seth was replaceable. That Seth was a really good player, but taking a few steps back offensively was worth it to get better defensively, mm-hmm. and that's what I thought it was. So I am faulting the front office to the extent that. I don't think it was a foolish decision to make that trade, but I do think with the hindsight of looking back on it, it's clear that this team just didn't have a lot of shooting to start with, especially when players like Finney Smith are going to regress. I think he will probably pull it out and be better, but he was one of four again. Um, again, we're just going to give him time. He's he's clearly not been the shooter he was last year, you know, thus far this year. Chris Stapps has been down. It's you know we've talked about it. All, all the all the shooters are down. I think just a rising tide across the board for all the three point shooters for all the percentages will do better things for this team. It will help them. It will help Luca get to the rim more. That said, I, I just I, I look at the team and I, I think one more player they that they that defenses have to key in on as a we can never leave this person open. I do think that there was value in that in Seth Curry. And and looking back, they they de- they definitely miss that with their offense. Yeah, I mean, look, there's no there's no such thing as too many guys who can shoot. Yeah, 
It just every single year, what are we always talking about that contenders need? Oh, they got to find a way to f- get more shooting on the court. They got to they got to find somebody. You know, I don't know that this team needs to go out and get Kyle Korver. Um, but man, they could use someone who will shoot and, and shoot willingly and and hopefully can a few of them. Because Kyle that's Korver, what they're missing right now. I think Kyle Korver would give them better minutes, more effective minutes than Wessa Wundu at this point. So I, I mean, yeah, it doesn't give you the you, you don't have the defensive side, uh, but they just need offense because they're not defending at all right now. Josh Green and Wes Wonder are the same player, and you clearly have more invested in one player than the other. So, yeah, but I'm not I'm not outright advocating for it. I'd have to have to think about it. I mean, again, I, I don't know how much a player like Kyle Korver would even play. He will not be a rotation player for me at this point, not at this point of his career, but Having that option, I think, is, is would have some value. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Do you want to talk about what Luca said over the weekend? Because we can actually play that. Yeah. I think it's interesting, both because, and, and we'll get into this once we play it, but uh, just about the idea of effort and and what it means and 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 then I think Luca and and his his demeanor his mentality right now I, I think all of those things are are kind of interesting to discuss so I think Kent has it queued up our producer our uh, our silent but always ever present producer so if you want to fire away yeah hey Luca uh, how would you evaluate uh, y'all's play and effort tonight terrible can you elaborate there's really not much to say. Uh, you know, uh, I never felt like this, and we gotta do something because this is not looking good. And you know, we gotta step up, and you know, just talk to each other and play way better than this. It's mostly effort. Luca, I, I think you might have just touched on this at the end there, but what are the things that that need to change for you guys to play, you know, at the level you expect to play? I mean, I would say like right now it's looking like we don't care, honestly. If we win games or not, but he's got uh, more energy, more effort, uh, you know, die for every ball, box out, everything. There's a lot of things that we can improve, and I know we will, and that's all that matters there. I think the big takeaway from that is is clearly Luca's frustrated at losing. Do the Mavs need to work harder? Yeah, absolutely. That's what happens when you lose, right? Like, you don't have the luxury of not working hard every single possession because – you're not doing the things that that cause you to win games. So you have got to take every single play like it's like it means everything. And, and until they do that, they're not going to turn this around. But ultimately, I, I think that, again, the fundamentals are fine. It's just make shots. Now, the, the defense is not fine. Like, I'm not going to pretend like it is. It's got to get better. And it's got to get better all the way around. But, but we know what the issue is. And, and now they have Max Kleba back. So maybe that changes. Maybe they get better. Maybe they find rediscover that defense that they had to start the season. I don't know, but I, I think I can I can relate to Luca's frustration. I have two things I want to talk about. Pick which one you want to tackle first. Um, 
kind of effort in general and how we talk about it in, in sports. Right. And, and then Luca specifically and his effort versus his ability well, let's talk, to – Well, let's just talk effort generally because effort doesn't really equal success, right? Like it's that's not – that's not necessarily a, – a, a, it's not a one-to-one – scenario with with effort like defense is well, more than effort defense takes skill but effort helps I, yeah I, so i agree with that i also think that the way we talk about effort is in as in that player is not giving effort that player is clearly not trying that player is not trying hard enough that player doesn't want to win i've always been interested by the way that people so not not to say that it's not always true and not to say that sometimes you cannot you you can clearly see when a player is not giving effort we have you know I don't think that there's any question that a player like James Harden a few weeks ago in Houston was not giving effort. There are situations where it is very clear. I've also been confused or just surprised by how certain some people say this player is not trying hard enough. This player is not trying. I, I've I've always thought that's interesting how and and or sometimes it's team. This team just is not giving the effort. They are being out efforted and. I think that you can sometimes see that. And I also think I, I'm surprised, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's always visible. I, I don't think that a bad rebounding performance necessarily means you were not trying hard enough. I don't think that a bad defensive performance means that either. I also think that a lot of effort is invisible. The idea that a player who you know was out for two weeks with health and safety protocols, he got COVID, he's, he's having respiratory issues or, or lingering symptoms or, or anything like that. You know, there are physical limitations, I think, that sometimes factor into a player who is unable to run back or, or do things like that. I, I don't know. It's, I'm more cautious before I say this player just isn't trying or, or isn't trying hard enough without really knowing the exact dynamic that's going on. And and that is something, you know, when, when Lucas says it, he's on the court with them. That's when I perk up and say, all right, there may actually be something here. More so than me looking at a team and diagnosing, oh, well, everything's right. They should be winning more games. They aren't just, they, they just aren't trying hard enough. You know, I'm much quicker to think something about the, the team setup isn't right. They aren't skilled enough. They aren't, uh, their game plan isn't right some player isn't healthy like that. I I'm much quicker to jump to that as a reason that a team is playing poorly than to just say it's effort or, or strength, just knowing the mindset of what it actually takes for any player to actually get to this level of competition. Yeah. Yeah. I, Andrew Wiggins is the one that always drives me nuts. Like, and people trying to, to guess who loves basketball or whatever. It's just annoying. It's lazy. Like the effort conversation certainly is one that can be had, but the issues that they have are more than just effort. Like you can't effort the ball into the basket. Sorry, right. it just doesn't work that way. You know, you've just got to make shots, and you got to hope that your that you can trust your own process to to steal someone else's term, but that you can trust your own process and the results shake out the right way. And they're just not right now. It's just it's basketball. It's how it works. You make it's a make or miss league, and this is why they call it that. I know that that's corny and cliche as hell. The truth is, they're generating looks. They're just not making them. And so once that starts happening on the offensive end, I think everyone's going to have a different opinion about this team. But I still am lower on their ceiling than most people were because of the defensive side. I need to see more of the defense. I need to see Porzingis moving better. He looks hampered to me. And and you know, try efforting through a sore knee. Right? It's right. not effort. It's not effort. 
there are legitimate issues with this team. And, and to blame it all on effort, I think it's just it, it's a little bit lazy. The other thing I'd say is is that I think it's a little rich for Luca be the one saying it. And I was I was glad to hear Zach Lowe on his podcast yesterday mention that he thinks Luca is becoming one of the you know whiniest, for lack of a better word, players in the league in terms of how often he complains to the referees about Constant, not getting calls. Constantly. constantly. I, you know, in the game, there was one yesterday uh, or in the game against Phoenix that really stuck out to me and just drove me nuts. And it's like, you know, he, they gave up a, a bucket on the other end. Cam Johnson made a good defensive play on one end and then beat everyone down court. Luca was complaining to the referee about a foul call, a foul that didn't happen. I agree. I yeah. agree. He has gotten it's gotten bad. But but that's the thing, though. I think in the league in general, every star has gotten pretty bad about arguing about calls. I mentioned Lowe saying it just because I, I thought it was interesting. He says that Luca's right there with everyone or, or maybe one of the most. I, I don't watch as much of the NBA at large as someone like Lowe. And so I've been hesitant to make that claim. And so I'm glad someone who does, you know, who does take a a league-wide approach and, and watch, uh, you know, dozens more games than me is willing to say, oh, this is like outrageously bad from, from Luca. Cause I, I'd been, I'd been starting to feel that way. He's always been someone who's complained to the referees mm-hmm. and he has actually made improvements on defense this year. You know, some of his e- defense is effort to use that word again. Some of it is if he runs back and doesn't yell at the referee for, you know, four seconds after not getting a foul call, which may have been a foul. He, he, I mean, he probably should get more calls. That is true, but that is true of every play, every single player who drives into the lane as often as Luca does. That will always be true. That that you should get more calls. And he, of late, I feel, has been regressing slightly defensively. And I think some of it is the fact not not that when he's in position, he isn't making more plays and getting getting his hand on more balls, uh, blocking more shots. I think all of those things have actually improved this year. But unless it's coupled with full effort all the time, I think that there is a ceiling on how good he can be. And I think that ceiling is probably a little bit below average, um, average at best. And I, I think that's a that's a bummer after seeing how far he came. I think it's directly tied to the losing streak. I, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that he is he is someone who who definitely his mood rises and falls uh, more. And I don't blame him. Like I wouldn't be having a good time if I was on a team in a in the midst of a six game losing streak but there has to be some better level of this that he can reach a better equilibrium that and and it, ideally it should be able to happen even during a six game losing streak not just a six game winning streak so that's the one takeaway um that that I thought it was interesting that Luca was the one calling out I thought it was interesting because it was a player saying it about his teammates which I put more stock into than just me seeing people on the court. But I thought it was also interesting because I think he's the one. And I think Luca would probably admit that as well at times. Like he knows it and in a vacuum. He knows it, you know, from the bird's eye view. But when he gets on the court, he pushes it away sometimes or he leans into his worst habits. I've heard him say so many times, you know, critical of himself saying, I have to be better. I have to be better about the referees. I have to be better about this and that. And so it's just a matter of him, I guess, maturing. And, and it is worth remembering with this specific line of of, uh, of conversation that he is a 21-year-old, hasn't even turned 22 yet, although that happens this month. He's very young. It's it's hard. I'm 
would not be able to handle, you know, the, the pressures of what he deals with at my age. I wouldn't want to. I'm glad I didn't have to, I guess. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. So considering all that, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting and, and worth talking about. And hopefully, uh, you know, just all around, we don't have to blame effort as a, as a reason the team is, is failing. Yeah. Ideally, just because shots go down and, and things look better because we think, you know, not because we're rooting for the team or otherwise, just because we think that's what the team is capable of. Plain and simple. Yep. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So we have um, Carlisle's comments in response to what Luca said queued up. And I think that's the other thing we should play and briefly mention. And uh, we'll do that right here. Rick, what did you think of uh, Luca's comments last night that it looks like guys don't care right now whether you're winning games? Yeah, when you, when you play as, as bad as we played uh, the last two games, it's ugly. And I think we have every reason in the world to be critical of, of how we have performed, particularly in the last two games. And we just, we've got to make it better. We've just got to make it better. And, you know, he really, Luka Doncic really cares about winning. I mean, this guy was, was brought up um, in an environment of winning. And so there's a lot of frustration that sets in. And, uh, you know, I understand, I understand the emotions there. They are very difficult. Rick's right. That effort and caring about winning are not, synonymous either right um, just one brief point about the the last thing but beyond that uh i have seen more conversations and more ideas floated out there that carlisle is the problem as a coach in the way that he's coaching the team and from an on-court coaching perspective i could not disagree more about you know just the value that carlisle brings to the mavericks and just how good he is at coaching a team. I, I think that if there is a future in Dallas that doesn't involve Carlisle, I think it's fully about the way that he navigates relationships with players. But from an on-court coaching perspective, this is one of the best coaches the league has, I think, ever seen. And I don't think that's hyperbole or, or you know, going too far, Dave, is it? <sighs> Rick Carlisle is one of the what four or five best coaches in basketball right now of the modern era. He's what yeah. top three, probably top four. Yeah. 
him, Popovich, Spolstra, and what are we doing here? What are we yeah. doing? What are we doing? It, when when they start making shots, does he automatically become a better coach? Do you, what do people want Porzingis to come off the bench? I'm just trying to figure out how any of this could possibly be a Rick Carlisle problem. And, and he is right. If you think about it, he has not made a single three-pointer this year. It's, so. it's exactly right. But he yeah. is right that Luca, you know, where he came from, they don't really tolerate losing. It's not a thing. I get it. But Luca's got to lose the loser mentality. I didn't. I mean, I need to hear Luca blaming himself a little bit, and not that he necessarily is the problem, but he certainly is a part of the team. Great players take on that responsibility; they take that blame. So Luca should start there, right? Like that's how I feel about Luca's comments. And, and you know, Carlisle is doing what he does. He, he's protecting his his star player. He's you know trying to add context so that I guess it doesn't seem as bad, but. There is no, there's not a Rick Carlisle problem. Is there anything that has gone wrong this season that could be, you know, even even one thing, even one small thing that you think could be coaching related? I'm sure there's some. Like I I do think the offense maybe looks like it has a little bit less spark, even beyond all of the bigger issues, which are not making shots, injured, you know, everything we've talked about. You know, I I do think that it's interesting. Steven Silas went to Houston and. Mm I, I do think the offense looks a, a touch worse. He was the offensive coordinator. He was a very, very smart person, and he earned his his job, his coaching job. And you know, maybe maybe there's a you know a percentage dip of of what the offensive is capable of in in his absence and in, in Silas not being there. But I just you know we're that's what we're talking about. We're talking about you know maybe maybe their out of timeout plays are a little bit worse. Um, you know, maybe maybe they should be running pick and rolls a, a, a little bit differently, or or stacking the court, you know, a little bit better to make sure that Porzingis and Hardaway are on both sides always to stretch it in the right ways, so that Doncic has better driving lanes. But that's not what's wrong with the Mavericks. Well, I guess no, it's not. What's, I have the that's synergy. Not, that's not what's wrong. I have the synergy data right here in front of me. Right, they're excellent in pick and roll they're good in transition they're excellent in out of bounds on uh on uh underneath the basket um you know where they're poor spot up. take a guess spot up <laughs> where they're shooting 36 percent. i mean like it's <laughs> and by it the is, way that's that's synergy numbers which takes into account a if somebody catches and then pump right. fakes and drives or then makes a second pass off a spot-up opportunity. That encompasses all of that stuff, and they're shooting 36% on all of that stuff. So not just catch-and-shoot threes. Um, yeah. I just wanted to I – thought, I thought it's worth defining how Synergy tracks uh, these types of plays. And for everyone getting mad about Porzingis post-ups, you know, uh, Dallas has been pretty good on post-ups this year. It's been one of the few things in their offense that's working properly. And and I think that, you know, getting Porzingis these, these touches – in sort of a mid post is fine. I really wish he would stop wasting time trying to back guys down and just turn right. around and shoot over guys. But you know, it, they're going to stuff that has been working for them. I, I just think it, we just haven't seen this team at full strength. We've seen it for one game, and you can't even count it because Maxi just came back and isn't in any kind of condition to play basketball. And so you know, all the hand wringing and all of this other stuff about 
Maybe Luca isn't as good as we thought he was. Maybe Rick Carlisle is a bad coach. Uh, oh my God, how could we possibly trade away Seth Curry? We don't know the answers to any of that stuff. It's a lot of wasted energy. Well, I have good news for you, Dave. We're not going to learn those answers until next week. One week from now, <laughs> we will have solved the Dallas Mavericks. We will have every answer. Um, I'm getting the, uh, so I ordered it off Amazon. It's a, uh, you know how, you know how there's like, Back in college, how you could order the the answer book online and then just use that the entire semester. Um, something I definitely never did because I did was not, a perfect I did student. Not, I didn't did, know not that, me, not me. But in theory, you could do something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I found the Mavericks one for the season. So so we'll next week we'll have it all figured out. Um, we'll let you guys we'll explain whether they're gonna be good, if they're gonna win the title. Uh, spoiler alert, um, they are. Oh, man, we, we must have gotten different answer books because I don't think they're winning a title. Oh, man. Shoot. Yeah. Did I did I get the one for uh, for? Oh, I, I must I have got you the, got the uh, 2011 one. version. Yeah. No, I got the 2011 uh, Mavericks <laughs> version. I didn't even realize it was out of print. I thought I thought we were still using old textbooks or you can or, tell because it goes <laughs> A, B, C, A, not A, B, C, B. Yeah, I should have known when I when I saw J.J. Bray on the cover. Uh, but but we can we can keep riffing in, in worse ways. But but I think this ends it. Uh, so we will we will close out here. We will talk to you guys next week um, with or without answer books. And we'll just see where the Mavericks are. And hopefully no matter where they are, we will have a little bit more to say about what this team will be. See you guys then.